Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we're joined by, honestly, a legend of AFL. He had quite an illustrious career with the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns. His name is Michael Riscatelli. Thank you very much for joining us. And how's your day been? This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer, and they are the NRL collector's choice. Be sure to get all of your NRL trading card needs at Gold Coast Trading Cards. Well, thanks for that, uh... Well, it was a lovely intro. Thanks for that. I can get used to it. Uh, it's been, well, it's been all right. Been, um, as you just touched on before, um, you know, just before we got, we got going, it's uh, we're in lockdown. Uh, so obviously, it's on this like a topic of discussion, not lately. Um, but you know, on the Gold Coast, we're in lockdown, but it's not too bad. Um, we're just you know midway through it. Not as bad as um, you know New South Wales, and hoping that we can get out of this. Uh, I'll lock down the bar a bit. But anyway, um, other than that, it's been all right. Yeah, nice. Well, I mean, fingers crossed, because um, there's obviously not as many cases up there. So fingers crossed yeah. it can it can be done and dusted quick as. Um, right, let's get started about your career, your grassroots. Um, growing up, obviously, in, um, I want to say Queensland, I'm probably wrong. Um, but mm. you grew up playing for the West. No, you didn't. Western Jets, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, good, yes. good. Uh, yeah. The Western Jets, yeah. yeah. And you ended up playing with them in the TAC Cup. What was it like? And also, what team did you follow as a kid? Uh, so, yeah, I, I grew up in, in Melbourne, um, in St. Albans. So, mm-hmm. when I was about I think 14 or so, I started to, you know, I think about it now sometimes. They get, used to give you letters, you know, used to come in the mail about, you know, that we're looking at you. Um, you know, for this that is before TAC email Cup. days? Competition, correct. So, you know, getting something mail was pretty exciting. And, um, yeah, so I started my journey with uh, with the Jets. Before that, I played for Kilo. Mm-hmm. Uh, great club, great footy club. Um, so it all started from pretty much then. When I was about 14, I thought, you know, I'm, I feel pretty good. Um, I knew I was I knew I was good, but um, there's a big difference between actually thinking that you can you know, possibly make it um, which is, you know, there's so many other kids, you know, thousands of other kids in the same position that you know, would love to be able to make the, the AFL. So, um, yeah, played all my junior footy kill and then, you know, moved on to the uh, Jets. So that was a good experience, you know, before um, obviously getting dropped. Yep. And from there on then, I didn't play many games in my last year, which was when I was... 17. I didn't didn't play many games, you know, for the Jets at all. So I had back then they called it Osteos Pubis, um, which is pretty much just another term for you know sore groins. And um, yeah, I must have played one or two really really good games for um, recruiters to to see. Um, so I wasn't really expecting to to play. Um, you know, I felt that you know leading up to that year, doing a preseason, let alone um, playing. Um, any more footy for the Jets. So I think I only played about eight games or 10 games. Yep. Um, so I was going to have a really good year next year after that. I was going to go, okay. So you were going to really push for my... the draft the following year, like to get into the draft camp. Yeah. So I wasn't going to worry about it too much. Um, and I've told this story before, but I, I was actually at um, uh, my school social the night before AFL draft. Um, I didn't really think much of it. I didn't, didn't, I didn't watch it. So the night oh, wow. before, was, um, the next morning, I was, I can't remember what time it was on, but I was still in bed uh, by that stage. So it's actually my dad. So it's a funny story. My dad actually told me that I've been drafted. Wow. So I, actually, I didn't believe it first, but yeah. um, after 
you know, hopping out of the bed, um, it was pretty uh, pretty obvious when I got to the screen that I was last pick in number 61, and that was wow. down to the line. So, yeah, it was, it was a funny, actually, a funny, weird time. Uh, it was very surreal. Um, couldn't quite believe it. Um, but, you know... How, how, quick, you, how quick was it from... Sorry to interrupt, but like how quick was it from obviously the day or morning of you found out you drafted to going up to Brisbane and, you know, all that sort of stuff? Drum Clothing. They are a clothing store company based in Woi Woi, New South Wales, Australia. But guess what? They ship Australia-wide. They have a great range of winter clothing with their current uh, winter drop happening at the moment. So be sure to go through Drum Tell them CJ sent you from the Final Tucker podcast. Also, we have uh, discount codes dropping soon, so be sure to keep an eye out on our Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, it was, it was pretty quick. I, I, I just remember, you know, distinctly that when I straight away I seen it on the screen, uh, you know, the the phone started to ring. Um, probably the thirty two ten back in the day. Then or was it fifty one ten? Maybe one of them. Like um, but uh, but yeah, it was about two weeks. So okay. it was okay. Like I had a bit of time to prepare and um, get through some, you know, going away parties and just meeting some family and you know, saying my goodbyes, which was, which was a little bit sad. But um, well, especially because it, mean, it, was, it wasn't no. a Melbourne-based club; it was a whole like two states away sort of thing. No, well, and I think at the time you have to remember that the Lions at the time they were going, you know, they were one, two, three uh, yeah. in the Premiership. So. So going into that year, they were going to be, um, you know, going for their fourth. So it's probably the best club to you know, to go to to oh, absolutely. at the time. So and and I I always didn't really care where I went. I mean, I was happy to go anywhere. Yeah, as long um, as you got to play. As long as I got an opportunity to play and um, just you know having that dream come true, that was I didn't really care. So yeah. it was probably a little bit hard for my parents, especially my mum, to to see you know a young Italian boy going away from Melbourne and going up to Brisbane. That was probably hard for them, but at the time, I was just thinking about how good is this. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it, you know, and not knowing what to expect. So that was so just so trust really, the process and go with the flow, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you just you just go with it. Um, when you're seven, you just in my case, I was just happy to play footy and um, yeah. You know, but I was going to really have a good dip the next year after that. But it turns out that I was a little bit fortunate a little bit lucky in that sense to, to get picked up you know earlier so it was um yeah it was it was a bit of a whirlwind in that 24 hours of, um you know going from the social school social to not the next day waking up out of bed so it was it was actually um it was quite uh quite surreal yeah absolutely and like i can absolutely understand that um pardon me you then obviously made your debut the following year because you were drafted in 03 yep. um you played in round 17, 2004 against Adelaide, which is a history-making game for the Brisbane Lions itself with they score like 21 goals. It was like the highest scoring game for Brisbane ever. And you were part of that game, especially in your debut. What was it like the week leading up to your debut, you know, like finding out from the coach, right, you're getting your, your start and everything leading up to it? Yeah, well, this is another story or funny story that I, I, I didn't know I was going to be playing that day. So oh, wow. I was I was going to be playing um, the Resis in the morning. So what happens yep. is, you know, for the Resis, you play in the morning and the seniors play uh, in the afternoon or that night. So I was preparing to play you know, that morning, afternoon. It was a night game. Um, I remember this, that uh, we were playing Adelaide. But I got a call on the day of the um, – of the uh, there was a Saturday um, – 
it's telling me I think it was from it was Lee at the time um, that says that I'm going to be playing um, that night against Adelaide, uh, which you know you see the phone uh, number comes through your phone. Lee, it could only mean you know one or two things. One that you know, there's something happening or I've done something wrong. So yeah. um, I'm glad he actually said that I was going to be playing, um, and I only got to play because uh, Sean Hart at the time had a migraine. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he pulled out, um, so he couldn't play. So at the time, I was playing a Cape Woody in the resis. Um, I wasn't dominating or anything, but I was just, you know, slowly, slowly improving. Um, I think what got me over the line in the end was just my tackling pressure. So yeah. um, I wasn't getting, you know, near enough of the ball, but my defence skills are pretty good. So leading up to that, I didn't have much time to, to prepare for the game of, uh, to that night, but which is good because I didn't uh, have to overthink it. Um, so the the club at the time, you know, the welfare, Shane Johnson, Craig Lambert, they were in charge and um, helping me with. Uh, uh, obviously, they were just going to get my parents over to fly from Melbourne. So it all happened pretty quick. Sorry, my phone. Um, so they so by the time my parents from Melbourne, they got the flights, booked the flights um, to the start. All in the one day. All in one day. Um, wow. Start of the bounce. They got to the Gabba. They got to the top tier, walked down, and the board bounced. Oh. So they just managed to get there just in time. So how good? Um, yeah, which was good. So they actually got to see my first game. Wow. Uh, the circumstances being really, really short. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it turns out you know, at the time that the, you know did really well against Adelaide. I happened to kick two goals. I didn't touch it pretty much for the first half. And lethal told me at halftime, "Don't be a spectator." I was just <laughs> too worried about getting in front of Bradshaw. John Brown, Alistair Lynch. So I was actually like stepping on their way. toes on the field, sort of thing. Yeah, no, you don't want that. So I was, you know, 18, so I was petrified. But um, yeah, so I just, you know, got some good advice from Lee at the time. And then he just said, you know, go get the ball. So a couple of tackles later and a couple of goals, I thought, it's not, it's not, it's not too bad, actually, this uh, this AFL. Um, yep. And, you know, everyone was at the time in, the, in their peak. So it just made my job so much easier. Um, oh, absolutely. That was, uh, you know, that was that was a good, good debut for myself. Um, but uh, not all games go that, as we know. No, nah, that's very true. That's very, very true. Um, and the 06 season was basic. Was at, at the, during your time at Brisbane, your standout season, from what I can gather. Um, what was it like the whole season? Obviously, Brisbane didn't make the grand final or anything, but I'm just saying, like that season for you individually was your best season yeah. while, like while you were for Brisbane, at least. Um, do you have any sort of memories of that season and, you know, maybe things like things you did differently that season that attributed to it being your best season while you were at Brisbane? Um, at the time, you just gotta, you just gotta remember the time when, you know, you get to when it was in 04, all the guys, you know, were really, really, um, in their peaks, and they were going for you know their fourth grand final. So that was 04. Yep. So the opportunities weren't weren't there for me anyway. I wasn't wasn't already developed, so I was a little bit skinny. Um, I had to work on my endurance. So all this stuff in the background, I knew I had to work on. But um, I think I played one game my first year, maybe two or three in the second, maybe. Um, but in the third year, a couple of gaps you know opened up, and um, by that stage, it's about three three preseasons under my belt. And feeling like that, you know, this is probably a time where I can, you know, have a little bit more opportunity, but, um, you know, just seeing where I'm at. And I felt like just on the back of all the work, you know, week to week and sitting down, doing your tapes, 
learning off the best, asking questions that I was able to put together some, you know, some okay footing and just playing week in and week out was probably the year that, you know, I could set myself up and understand what it takes to play, you know, week to week consistent. So that was, that was probably a, you know, a good year for myself, but it didn't end up, you know, going like that for the remainder of my career. There's a few more ups and downs, but yeah, um, that was probably the start of, that was probably the start of, you know, getting a taste of traveling, yeah, away, playing at home, different times. Um, that's when you actually felt like, okay, listen, okay, this is where, you know, this is what I felt wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. Honestly, that's honestly great to hear. Um, and early on, before you actually made your move to the Gold Coast Suns, um, you there was actually a, a bit of a debacle, for lack of a better term. Um, there was, you know, talk of you and Bradshaw want, being traded to Carlton in favour of Favola going up to Brisbane, but you were adamant, basically, for, from lack of a better term, from what I could found out, you were like, no, I'd like to stay at Brisbane. And so, obviously, it folded. But we do know that... Um, Later on, Favola did go to Brisbane. Um, but what was it, that time like for you personally, you know, finding out, you know, just everything sort of going on around that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, everyone, everyone that's, uh, that plays pretty knows that, you know, it's, you just want to be able to stay at the one club. Um, you want to be able to play as long as you can you know, at that club. Um, and as footy can be, it can be a little bit unpredictable. Footy clubs have to make decisions about you know, what's going to be best for the footy club. So a lot of the time you hear about you know the individual is um, not as big, um, the, the club's bigger than the individual. So um, obviously you're going to be shattered and you know upset um, at the time. I remember it. It wasn't something that I was you know happy about, and I don't think anyone would be happy about it. But no, you know, and footy, it just what footy does here. It makes you understand that. Hey, listen, there's a bit of a roadblock. Um, there's a bit of a wall. You got to be able to learn how to get around it, or you you just jump over it. Um, so that sort of prepares you for things like this, and you just got to be able to work work a way around it. Um, but you know, at the time, I felt like I so I had another year. I didn't feel like I wanted to go. At that time, I was still contracted for another year. So um, as much as the club at the time did it in the right way, I wasn't ready to leave. So I didn't leave. I knew that I still had another year, and then I'll make the decision um, about. Um, you know, moving if I had to at the time. And I just thought, okay, leading to the 2010 season that I was going to give it, you know, a real hot crack. Yeah, nice. And and that's fair enough. I, I, I appreciate, you know, you talking so candidly about that, you know, because obviously no, as you said, no player wants to be, you know, traded or moved on because, as you said, every player wants to be a one-club player as best as they can. Um, yeah. But you did go on and moved moved on to Gold Coast Suns eventually, being part of their inaugural team in 2011. Um, yeah. And you saw out the rest of your career, I think it was eight or nine long, great and long seasons with the Gold Coast. You managed to rack up quite a few individual achievements there. What First of all, what was the change like of, or the sea change going from, I mean, it's only a, an hour and a half down the road, yeah, yeah. from Brisbane yeah, yeah. to the Gold Coast. What was it like yeah. moving to the Gold Coast, the atmosphere, the club, being at a brand new, you know, established, established type club yeah it was very it was different it was very different um and i suppose like anything that's that starts or it's brand new um there's going to be some teething issues so there was definitely some teething issues you know starting out um you know there was there was no real facility set up um for the elite um environment so that that was the probably the, the first point that's very noticeable 
Um, and just with a lot of support staff, there probably wasn't enough or near enough to what it is now. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little things. But one of the things that I was, you know, excited about was, you know, being a part of something new uh, and from the start and the beginning. And because the Gold Coast is something that you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of a sporting um, ability for people all over the world that they come in and do marathons and, and all this sort of stuff. So it's pretty well known. Um, and at the time, there was a lot of uh, talk about getting another footy club in the AFL. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's been good for the Gold Coast. But you know, like most things, you, know, you, you have to win. You have to keep you know keep the support there when you win. So it's been been a little bit tough over the last decade. Um, but you know, hopefully that we can. Um, you know, see a little bit more W's for, for the Suns um, and see, you know, start to con ladder it. But they're probably the, the few things that I you know, was really excited about. Um, so that, you know, I'll always be a part of, you know, starting something from, from the ground up. Oh, absolutely. And not many people or many, you know, professional sports stars can say that they, you know, were part of an, of an inaugural team, which is amazing yeah. to add on the resume. Yeah. Um, and... Obviously, um, the Lions in the season, 2021 season, thought we might dabble in that very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, as in to tangent away from the career for a little for a little bit. Um, yeah. The 2021 season of the Suns so far and yeah. of the Lions so far, where do you think or how do you think both of those clubs have gone so far this season? And how do you think maybe each club can improve for next year um, in general? Well, start with... Let's start with uh, the lines have been going pretty good. Yeah, um, they've probably shown the last you know like four or five years that uh, they've, they've had a, a good solid core group together. Yeah, probably a little bit longer, um, but they're I think they're in a, they're in a pretty good place. But you know, like most um, if not all footy clubs, it's it's never enough. So um, the lines at the moment they've had a couple of little losses, um, which they probably like to have um, won them, but. I feel like they're they're in a point in their in their club where you know they'll be pushing for obviously for the GF, which is matter of on the day itself. They've got the capabilities for it. Um, it's just whether or not on the day that they're going to be able to produce. And um, they've got a couple men down, but I still feel like they've got other guys that can contribute and um, and do very well. So it's um, yeah, I feel like it's probably their time. Um, if anything, the next couple of years, I reckon they've got a good crack at it this year. Um, as we move to the Suns, you know, it's a little bit of a different story, as we know. Um, they've had a few, um, had, some, had some injuries, but also their form's been a bit, well, it's been a bit shocking, uh, up and down. Um, they've had some really good wins too along the way. Oh, they have. They've had, had some really wins. good wins. Um, so it's a good growth. And, you know, unfortunately, the last few weeks, it's, it's probably, you know, gone back down a little bit. Um, you know, probably for a, a number of reasons, um, whether it's due to form and, and plays or, or I'm not quite sure I've been there for a few years. So um, it just looks like they're, they're struggling a little bit in that department. But, um, yeah, who knows what's going to uh, what's going to eventuate in the next sort of uh, few weeks, months. There's a lot of speculation about what's going on with the Suns. Um, but one of the things that, you know, a lot of the, the negativity can take away is you just got to win games. I've said this before, it's, it's as easy as that. You just got to be able to win, um, and you know all that sort of stuff will go away. But I'm sure that's what they're trying to do. But it's not quite working, um, so they're going to have to 
figure out other ways to, to be able to get back up and, and start winning. Yeah, that's honestly a, a great analogy. And honestly, I absolutely agree with that as well. Um, you spent quite a long time in the AFL, uh, 13 to 14 years, or maybe even longer, 16 if you, if you technically count the draft, yeah. 03 to 2019. How was the transition into retirement for you? Uh, it's been okay. Like the first had a good, good few months break, which, which is good um, because it can be very, very um, repetitive and mentally challenging as the longer that you're in it. Um, so the first few months, three or four months, I was just happy to just spend some time with the family and just relax, switch off, don't have to think about anything. Um, but after a while, I was really keen to get back and do some stuff. So um, I finished up. I was looking at doing some stuff in footy still, but there wasn't much on. So I decided to do some real estate. Oh, nice. Did that for uh, about six, eight months, um, but it wasn't something that I enjoyed. So I'm at the process now where I'm still, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do. But I have gone back and did some studying, doing some finance, yep. um, just finishing off my diploma in finance, mortgage broking, doing a bit of work with um, finance company. So, you know, I'm starting to put a little few, a few things together. Um, I've actually just started a business as well called Player Path that's going to help um, athletes in, in all different sports with the transitioning part. So there's going to be a lot of data that's going to be like the pathway to retirement or the pathway to the sport professional. Uh, well, it's going to be uh, both. So once you're entering the system, um, yep. it's going to have you know a lot of compliance stuff that you're going to need once you finish. Um, so it's going to be a platform. We're going to be teamed up with AIS, which is going to be good. Uh, but that's something in the background that I've been working on with a mate of mine, Sam Cullen. Um, so that's, that's something that I'm really passionate about, you know, sort of developing the, the welfare of the players and athletes. Oh, absolutely. Um, because as we know, it's huge. You know, not only in, in the athletes or world, in society, it's huge. So um, I suppose that's the, what I've learned in my footy, my journey over the years. I'm going to hope that, you know, I can sort of do something in that sort of field, in that area that can Just really help. That you know basically everything about that or, you know, sort of thing firsthand. Yeah, and what, you know, what they're going to go through, what they're going to experience and, you know, ups and downs and form and overthinking. And um, so all these things that you don't realise until you're actually in uh, such a, a pressure-lead environment. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's something that's going to be working in the background. I'm pretty excited about it because, it, you know, it could be anything, but it's just really going to be purely about the athlete. So, and not just for, you know, footy or, you know, so it's going to be sort of broad range. Um, whether it's a professional athlete or it's going to, you know, if it's an individual, you know, this is going to be a tool that, you know, hopefully it's going to be able to help people. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting, but, you know, the future, not too short, but the future, for now, it's more just finding a way. There's a lot of things that, you know, when you're the transitioning side of things is because I'm pretty much going back on my 19 to figure out exactly what that looks like, what am I going to enjoy. Um, but, you know, uh, it'll take a little bit of time, but, you know, it's all, it's all pretty good. Yeah, nice. Um, going to some fun questions during yes. your career. Uh, who was the biggest pest at each club that you played at? The biggest pest that I, when I was at the Lions, no doubt was clearly um, Cheney Stiller. A okay. good mate of mine, I still talk to you now. Um, just one of those guys that we always used to go out um, and always used to be by my side, um, just talk too much. Always wanted to know everything, and uh, we actually used to be really good. Um, 
doing the doing doing gym together. So we always used to partner up and try and push each other. So that's probably where a little bit of the banter come by and who did yeah. more, who lifted weights heavier at the time and who did more chin ups. So um, yeah, really good mate of mine that we still get in contact today. The other one for the Suns is a pest. Um, probably have to be I, I, this guy Luke Russell was pretty um, bit of a pest, but also really funny dude, really funny guy. Um, always got the boys up um, alongside with Tom Nichols. Tom Nichols is one that you know is very um, got up to a lot of a lot of mischief. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll probably say those two, the Suns, really good guys too. Um, yeah. And um, that which made the place at the time feel, you know, uh, a little bit more brighter. Obviously getting, um, you know, getting some heavy defeats. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is come into an environment where it's, you know, walking on eggshells and those guys, you know, help that um, yeah, immensely. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and obviously, speaking of, you know, funny times and all that, is there any sledge that you heard on the field, obviously, that you could, A, is safe for the podcast to speak? And what was it, if you can remember, the funniest sledge? I didn't really get too many funny sledges. Like, I, was, I wasn't one to give sledges or um, for whatever, whatever the reason is. I, I haven't really been around sledges, you know, um, uh, so off the top of my head, I probably could, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, but uh, but there's obviously been other guys that have you know, said a few things along the way that uh, for whatever reasons they seem to be able to think of something really really quick. But I was I was always a player that just didn't really want to speak to any players or um, didn't really say much, give much lip. Um, I was just more about just trying to get the job done and. Um, away and that was about it so it was pretty basic really so I didn't really like to give too much lip because as we know footy can change quickly you give a bit of lip and next minute your opponent's kicked a couple of goals on you um, yeah, it's going to be a long time so yeah. um, so I can't give you anything sorry but no um, that's fine yeah but like you, as you said you'd rather let your actions speak louder than any type of words sort of thing yeah exactly yep. Yep. some guys are really good at it yeah I've heard some from, from players that I've interviewed and I'm like Fuck. <laughs> uh, which team yeah, did you stay away. up? Yeah, stay away. Stay away. Just get the job done and get out. <laughs> right. Uh, which team did you follow growing up? Essen. I was a mad Essen supporter. Okay. Uh, my dad, all my family back for Essen back in the day. They probably still do now, I'm not sure. But um, a favorite player was Gavin Wang. And I just love oh, Gavin Wang. What a weapon he was. Yeah. He was a uh, I'm guessing. In but yeah, I think I played against him. Yeah. Well, did he, when did he retire? Four. I, I think he retired 04, 05. I know he won the grand final with uh, Port that year. Port. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I played against him, actually. I'll have to check that one up, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I, um, I really enjoyed um, watching him. Like, he wasn't, you know, wasn't a, a huge, huge player, um, huge present, but he, just the way that he went about it. Oh, very so clean and always looked after the ball. Was always you know, the one that I thought in my eyes that was giving his all, and um, yeah, he's, he hasn't really changed a bit. I've seen him you know, on TV, and he doesn't look like he's aged a bit, right. so he's got the he's not doing. so he must be doing something. But um, right, but no, yeah, SDN was always got this, so um, it was uh, it was I was a bit shattered actually in '99, actually, with the game in, in MCG against Carlton. Oh, Took the tram there with the next door neighbor. Shattered, absolutely shattered on the way there. Was you know, excited and watched the game. And the last, last piece of play, um, 
Yeah. I was I was pretty young at that stage, and getting the tram back home, probably one of the more um, saddest days in my life. Um, as it probably was back, you know, a lot of people on that day. But um, you know, that's just the way it is. It was a good oh, day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who, 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 who do you go for? I was going to say you're talking to a Collingwood fan, so I definitely um, know the heartbreak. Of, oh, yeah, Grand Finals 0203 2018. Yeah, not a good time. <laughs> oh. oh, man, they come and go. No, that's it. Come that's and it. Go. It's, it's hard to do. It's um, easier to lose. That, yeah. That's that's what makes sport exciting. You know, it's that's part. It's part of what makes it exciting to watch it, play it. You know, love it. Everything. Uh, who's your toughest opponent individually? to go up against, like whether it's mentally or physically, and who was um, the club to go up against? I, I remember playing on actually, uh, I played on five, not um, probably not a few years before I retired. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty, he, he, was, he was hard because he was, um, just because he was, you know, tall and big and strong. So even if you were able to, you know, play tight on him and, and tackle him, he was still able to get um, you know, that's that, that handle away. He's obviously a beast runner, so he's been trying to be able to stop his run because he's that powerful. Um, when, you know, you think you've got him, but he's just, you know, a foot tall on you. Know, so, Fife's probably the one that in my time that he was, you know, pretty hard to, to match up on. Yeah, um, that's fair. But I also played on, on Goodwin when I was in my early days as well. Yeah, yeah, that was um, hard. Yeah, he, he was a bit of a gut runner. And that was probably the first time that I realised, like, yeah, this is, uh, this is what it's all about. So, it's, you know, I thought I was relatively pretty fit when I was younger. But there's just a different different type of runner when you're after many, many, you know, seasons in the AFL and doing a lot of pre-seasons that yep. – um, you build up your, your engine and, um, and there's a real difference between uh, being a really good runner and being a gut runner. I think um, Goodwin was a, yeah, was a gut runner. Absolutely. Um, so, and what team in particular, if there was a team that, you know, either you hated going up against or was just you knew you were in for a tough game? Um, nothing that comes to mind, but for some reason... I'd, just the bulldogs in their in their in their time in their yep. peak, yeah, they were pretty challenging, pretty difficult because they had a lot of good runners. Like 2015, 2016 bulldogs. Yeah, right? yeah, and they had some really good ball users as well. So any time that you were to uh, fumble or you know miss kick and and transition over, um, yeah, you, you'd bring your runners because you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys that could run. Um, and made sure that, you know, leading up to it, that you had a few Gatorades before because you knew if if you didn't hit your target and if you didn't um, didn't do things well, then they were going to make you pay. And I reckon for a few years there, they were, you know, probably above, you know, everyone in that department. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in 16 when... Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they were flying and they just could not put a foot wrong. And it just seemed like they had, you know, 19 people on the ground at one stage because they just, you know, <laughs> congregated. Just and they just, yeah, they were everywhere. So... Um, they were good to watch, really good to watch. Oh, that 2016 year, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and they just kept winning and winning, and they going from different states. And um, but now, probably, probably the Bulldogs. You know, every every team's really hard to win. Like every game is so difficult to win because you're either carrying something, um, 
or the the teams just you know just that far better in uh, in form um, you're playing away but there's just so many things now that you know you just got to be able to find a way and um, the team that finds the way every week is you know they're the ones that can you know get the September oh absolutely um and speaking of September Yep. Who do you think is going to be in the grand final? It's a bold prediction to say now, but who do you think is going to be in the grand final this year? Sure. Just see, I feel like Geelong is just always, mm. they've been thereabouts all last 10 years. Yeah. I feel like they're just always there. Um, they don't, I don't think they have, you know, they don't have, I think, like superstars in their team, but they've got a, a lot of really good players a lot of really good reliable players that don't make any mistakes. Absolutely. Um, so I've got a feeling that Geelong is probably going to be the one that will make it. Who will they play? Um, I'm not sure. Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are looking really good this year as well. Oh, yeah. If it was, you know, if Geelong was a Bulldogs game, I think that'll be, you know, I think that'd be yeah. a top grand final. Um, yeah, I, I think that'd be great to see. Um, what about you? What do you think? I was going to say, well, I mean. I'm I'm sorry to anyone who's listening to this. I'm going to write off yeah. the D's. They've had a great season. I'll yeah. I will definitely not deny that they've not had an outstanding yeah. season, but they won't make the grand final. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I not think. Sure. I mean, although if they have like the dream run of finals, anything can happen. But I don't think it will for them. I definitely I'm more or less siding with with your view. Yeah, I reckon Geelong. If Geelong don't yeah. make it, they'll they'll get out in the prelim. Like they'll do that well in the finals at least. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe the dogs. Um, no, no, the dogs, they look, they look all right. They just, they do. Who knows? The D's, the D's look all right too. Like, it's just with the finals, you just got to be able to, you know, get your good form in the final. That's all that matters. Yeah, you can, exactly. The D's now have had a couple of losses. That's all right. You probably prefer to lose now than, you know, yeah. lose in the finals. So, exactly. Probably a good way of doing it. So, when you're yeah. hot, you're hot. And it just seems like the D's, when they're hot, um, yeah, no one can go with them. No one can so beat that, them. Exactly. exactly. They're, probably, they're probably the top three, I feel like. Yeah, uh, the well, lines, I, I, I agree with those three, yeah. The Lions are a chance, but I feel like they're going to have to really push. You know, oh, yeah, really absolutely. Like, they, they're good. And, they and good. like like with the Ds, on their day, they can beat anyone. Yeah. But it's yeah. a matter of, I think the Ds, in all honesty, if we're talking, you know, in my opinion, logic, the Ds yeah. are closer to the grand final this year than the Lions. Yeah, yeah. From now, I reckon, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right on it. They're, um, they're, they've had a good... You know, early block, early near, they were just... They were oh, 11 in a row, wasn't it? 11 in a row. So they'd, they'd probably hit a bit of a, a lower, but... Um, but that's allowed probably to go 11 in a row. <laughs> no, not now. But they'll probably come good now. You're fine, you know, in the next next block. And who knows? It's a funny thing, though. You just, you just never know. I feel like that it, it, it could be anyone's. It could be exactly, anyone's. Exactly. But, like, you could have the best but, home and away season and then go out in straight sets in the finals. But you're, you're right. But by form, you probably got the moment for form-wise is Bulldogs and Geelong at the moment. Um, yeah. And, and if it's know, not Bulldogs, it's Dees. Yeah, it's Dees and Geelong if it's not Bulldogs. Dees aren't, I think, far away. Um, they're probably just starting to gear up now. Oh, absolutely. Um, just trying to see if there's anything else on the list. Trade, move to Suns for another team. Lions, season, Suns, season, transition into retirement. Uh, doing now, kind of covered that anyway. Uh, who was your hero slash idol of AFL growing up? As you said, Gavin Wanganeen was a big uh, influence. Was would you say it was Wanganeen? I didn't, I didn't really have like an idol. Like I just I just knew that being able to play 
footy. So I probably said the idle part was probably just, you know, everything about every, it. Every, every week, you know, just looking forward to a game. Um, but just seeing, you know, I remember when I was younger, just seeing an AFL player, that was, you know, that was amazing. And uh, that was something that I'm like, well, I imagine what it would be like to, to play AFL and be and what, what you have to do and like, what's your life like? So I had no idea. Um, but, you know, probably a big influence in my career is definitely with my dad because I, he used to play for Moody Valley in the EDFL. And so um, for more reports, he wasn't a bad player. Um, so any chance that I got, you know, go for a kick with him. Um, and, you know, he obviously gave me some good points on what to look out for and what not to do. And um, he always used to rate my games. And, um, you know, I remember having some really good games. I thought when I was younger, you get in the car and expecting dad to go, you played really well today. And he'd go and completely the opposite, telling me how shit I went. Um, <laughs> you know, telling him that, that third quarter was like piss poor. But then other times I thought like I didn't do really well. He'd be like, we actually did pretty well today. You know, some of your things, you know, when you look inside in that person, so he was you know, a really good influence on me to be able to um, just get some really good pointers and, and help me you know, get the best out of myself with you know, the footy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, did you follow any other sports other than AFL growing up or even nowadays? Nah, not really. Like, I'm not a real big um, – you know, I know a lot of footy boys like the you know, NFL and basketball, but I'm, for whatever reason, I didn't really enjoy or, or watching it. Stuff, but I did do a little bit of karate when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I used to love all the uh, you know blood sports and – um, kickboxes and karate, UFC, all, all that, that sort of stuff. All those old school films, I used to love them. Yep. So I just, yeah. Bloodsport is a peak. Bloodsport, yeah. I love, love that film. All the Rambo films. I thought I was an action hero when I was younger, but I had Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did that. And, um, I don't know. I actually didn't mind. Uh, I think I played a little bit indoor soccer when I was younger. I didn't mind soccer. Um, but yeah, even in summer, I didn't really play cricket. It was more just footy. Yeah, fair. So I didn't um, go from yeah, I didn't really play cricket. Yeah. Summer, I was just playing footy, so um, I didn't, didn't enjoy cricket. I just, I just, I just liked footy. It just brought so much joy from footy. You know, coming home from school, there's no one to play with, so I just try and keep the footy between it's these two big trees in the front of my place. Yeah, um, nice. no one around, break a couple of windows, but as you do, and yep. then you run yep. and, and piss bolt, you know, somewhere in the corner, and wait for the old man to come home. Yep. Um, yeah. but now nah, um, I don't mind watching a little bit of. Yeah, you know, a little bit of NFL every now and then, basketball. But, but it's not like a to watch list sort of thing. Yeah, well, I don't go out of my way, but um, but I still watch a little. You know, I still watch footy now, so I still feel like footy's a good spot. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And speaking of your to watch list, um, lockdown last year, the big one, the 10, 15 week lockdown. What was your Netflix binge? Uh, what did I watch? I think I watched. Well, I we the the whole lockdown thing was because I'm on the coast, it wasn't really really out of lockdown, but I was watching a lot of the um you know the narcosses and that all those yeah. wannabe gangster movie that I thought was something that I lived my life like but nowhere near it. <laughs> um but yeah I, I just watched whatever's you know apparent on the on the time um of the of the evening I suppose and a few boys would be watching, you know, whatever they were watching I would just sort of tag along and And watch. I didn't really go away, but um, yeah, I like uh, I like documentaries. I like about you know, things that are happening, what's real. I'm very intrigued by the way the world works, and yeah. there's a few um, things in this world that 
is very, very, um, I don't know, different to what the people think. You know, all those things about the, the, the politics of the world, I suppose, when you look at it, you know, how yeah. things work. Um, so that's probably what I I don't really like watching you know, things that aren't really real and yeah, whatnot. Well, I'm, I'm a of doctors, the and what, yeah, the wife tries to make me watch all these flicks and that, but I, I, I can't do it because it's not something that I can resonate yeah, like, with. Unless it's all. based on true events or something, then it's like, nah, it's, it's no for me sort of thing. Yeah, thanks for that, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. But so, what about, what about as a kid, Yeah, let's watch action action movies for days as an adult. Yeah, I could. Well, that's a thing. All the new stuff coming out, I'd be happy enough just to watch Kickboxers, Karate Kids, Belly Hills right. Cop. Yep. Oh, I've oh, watched them. Have, have you watched Cobra yeah. Kai on Netflix? Because a Karate Kid. Cobra Kai. You watched Cobra Kai. Yeah, I could. I could just sit back and watch all those ones. Go back to the eighties and that. Yeah, I'm done. So, um, but there's some really, really good movies that I still watch now. And the 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 wife hates me because I just watch all the old school books and um. They're trash nowadays, but they're gold because I love them too, mate. I'm a sucker for Rambo oh, and, and all those movies, mate. Love I love them, them, mate. I can't I can't get enough of them. So it all started when I was really, really young. I used to watch all these you know, flicks, old school flicks, and over the top. Now I'm a massive fan of over the top. Schwartz, yep. um, oh, Schwarzenegger, yep. Sly, mate. Unbelievable movie that is. Oh, when uh, they made the Expendables series, I was like, oh, yes, like all of them from those movies in the 80s and 90s in one movie. Oh, damn, damn. I'll tell you what I did the other night. My, yeah. my, actually, my Insta's been hacked, would you believe it? Oh, wow. So, yeah, some some knuckleheads just decided to jump on. and So I can't really get back to my Insta. But before that, I actually was getting whispered that Van Damme was going to be buying. The, the wife told me that Van Damme was going to be buying on the Gold Coast. And I'm like, you know what? real estate done. agent. Yeah, I never do this. So I've never done it before. So I got onto his um, Insta. Yeah. And I just flicked him a text, mate, and said, welcome you with open arms. Um, love <laughs> yes. to have you on the Gold Coast. And then, so I don't know now if he's going to, if he would have replied back because my Insta got hacked. Oh. So I was, like, I was definitely going to get a reply. Yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I was shattered, mate. So it just killed me that this guy has just hacked my Insta. Well, if there's anyone I'll out there that can, help, that can help Riscatelli get his uh, uh, Instagram account. someone out there, one of your viewers that can help me with some tweet that has somehow got access to my Insta, um, yeah, help me because I don't yeah, know how to get hit, it back. Hit up, to Risco, report, hit up Risky on bloody on LinkedIn or yeah, Twitter or, up, or so anything. I'm, hit him up. Yeah. I'll put the up, links to everything. Because I want to... You want to find out if Van Damme... Is coming. Yeah, I've got I've got all the photos and the family now. That's 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 huge. I need them back, but I also want to know if Van Dam's, you know, text me that's back. That's the real priority. So um <laughs> yeah, that'd be a big help. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anyone who's out there when this episode drops, uh, hit me up on in the DMs and I'll get you guys to you know contact Riscatelli. That'd be absolutely amazing. Um oh, what else was I gonna say? So obviously um a lot of players have routines or rituals pre-game. Did you have any certain rituals or routines pre-game? Um, not really. The only thing I used to do uh, was just take, you know, a few minutes to sit down, take some deep breaths. Um, that was something that I always wanted to do and I did. Um, I always used to put, you know, different socks on. And, um, so I didn't really so have... that, put the sock on and then the boot on sort of No, nah, not really. I didn't, I didn't really have... I didn't want to be too superstitious because if something would have happened and I didn't get it done, I would have been thinking about it all, you know, all game. So yeah. I was pretty relaxed about it as long as I just had a bit of time to take you know three or four minutes in before we go out and run on I was happy with that yeah no, that's fair 
Um, I know because there's other guys that have you know so many different rituals and oh, just time that makes it work, which is great. Um, and you sort of learn differently when you go up and, and what works for you, yep. you know, um, which is great. But um, for me, it was pretty just just relaxing, not thinking yeah, about nice. it too much. As, as you said, um, you know, you're an action movie fan. You don't really follow too many other sports. A, a lot of uh, high-profile, intense athletes, you know, they get away, you know, during the week and they play around the golf or they go fishing. Yeah. What was your escape from footy during the week-to-week, you know, intensity of being an AFL player? Well, before I had kids, so I've an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, before I had kids, yeah, when I, was in, uh, I was in Brisbane and I had a couple of years uh, on the Gold Coast. Uh, I had, I remember buying my first property in Brisbane. I was about 20, 21, 22. I didn't have any furniture in the house. I had, a, I think, a beanbag, and I thought it was great idea to go and get a German Shepherd pup. I've always oh, been a big great. fan of German Shepherds. Yep. Um, starting back on the movie from Canine. So that was another thing, too. I used to love my German Shepherd. So I've, got her, I've actually still got her today. She's almost 15. Oh, wow. So she's still with us. Um, so she's been a big part of my life. So it's, but that was really good. So I always used to be able to go out. That was a bit of my release, you know, take to the park or um, take to the beach. Used to drive up to the spit and the Goldie. Yeah, I know the spit. Yeah, um, that's a lovely place. So always, always used to take it there whenever I could. So that took up a lot of a lot of time, which was uh, which was good for me because to be able to get out, take the dog park, meet different people. Yep. Um, and I also had a bull massive with me as well that uh, crossed Ridgeback. She was oh, really wow. good. I thought that that was gorgeous six months. Yeah, she was pretty. She was really, really good, but. Yeah, she did, didn't last that long, only about nine years until I had to put her down, so that was pretty sad. But um, Those nine years, though, would have been amazing. Yeah, she was a beautiful dog. I, I'm a bit of a dog. I'm a dog lover, so I've got another one, actually, that I've just, well, a couple of years on, another bull mastiff cross ridgey, so she's a different colour. The one I had was black. This one's that sort of tanny Yeah, the, the so they're very, um, Yeah, they're very loyal. They're very um, relaxed, and they just want, you know, cuddles. and so yeah, she's They get along well with the kids. Here. Yeah, get really like well, really well with the kids. Um, just sometimes she just gets too excited, and yeah. um, she's do. so hard. She's really hard. The dogs are really hard. Right? Yeah, just um, but so playful and can be gentle, but um, but they don't know their yeah, so, sometimes. Yeah, they're just there's something about them. They just they just bring you up. Um, but then to, and then when I had the kids, obviously a lot of the time was just great being able to spend time with the kids. So I had a couple of outings there, which is really good. And nothing, John. I don't know. I'm not a real big fan of golf. Whatever reason, I can't. I'm not really good at anything else besides footy. But yep. um, I've, I've played golf a little bit. Um, I'm shocking at golf, but it's. I just love the way that they hit it, but I can't seem to hit it. And that that sound that you hear yep, as soon yeah. as you know it's a good drive. Yeah, that, um, yeah. oh, that's unbelievable. Who knows? I might take it up soon. I suppose I'm going to do something else. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, no, the spit, man, that takes back memories because I was living on the Gold Coast a few years ago before COVID, like 2016, 2017. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, there was that petition, you know, to save the spit and all uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm hoping because, as I said, I, I moved back down uh, 2019. Did the spit get saved? It's not been developed on? I think that's still there, but there's, there's always talk of like, you know, the, the casinos and whatnot to try and yeah. bring in you know, extra, um, well, yeah, as you said. I'm not sure about COVID now. What's 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 happening? But uh, for more reports, I don't think anything's going on. No, um, that's good. I used to love going there. That's a great spot. It is. It's. It is really nice. But what I've found over the years is the dog parks and whatnot. It becomes really political with your dog, mm. and um, so I had to really back off because there's all these airheads that always had an issue with dogs, and um, and 
where I used to go to take the dogs when I had the German Shepherd and the Bull Mastiff, there used to be this, they used to call them the Maltese Mafia group, these okay. old ladies that used to come with their chairs and whatnot. And so they used yep. to park their chair and have all these little like Maltese white things, fluffy things that used to come up and start the fight. Used to yap at all these other dogs. Yeah. Um, and as soon as my dogs come, they just pop out a car and they fly past them. And you just hear these, the Maltese Mafia crew. Um, so it just became a little bit too much for, you know, all these whinging. And um, so I just yeah. thought, oh, look at this. It's probably not worth it in the end. So yeah, I'll take just, it to another park. Like, there's a lovely park at Oxenford on the Goldie. Um, with like yeah. a nice little, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly where in Oxford because I mean I used to live near there, but uh, yeah. it's it's kind of like um, it it's not Oxenford like it's just down the road a bit. It's literally halfway between Coomera and Oxenford. It's got a nice little like path. It's got a dog park there as well. Got a okay. nice little yeah. It's, yep. it's it's really nice. Um, got a nice little lake, man-made lake there as well. Like if you okay. that, that, that's an idea. I mean it's probably a bit of a drive depending where you are on the Goldie because Oxenford's like up north on the Goldie, but it's yeah okay. Spot. I'm in Burley, so there's a few parts. Oh, that's, here. Yeah, that's that's quite a far far drive for you then. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. I mean, if, my wife's parents in Brisbane, so you know, we can always stop there for the bit. But the um, there's a couple of good dog, dog parks here. Um, it's actually really good as you know for the smaller dog parks in the group, and uh, for the bigger dog parks, so you've got different sized yeah. dogs, so there's no issues there. But um, but there's some nice parks around here in the Goldie. Obviously, oh, that's, the parks honestly on, on the Goldie and Brizzy are. Yeah. are tenfold better than any parks whether it's dog parks or not like you know kids play equipment parks just better parks that i'm up on the goldie and brizzy than anywhere i've been honestly yeah they're pretty because obviously the, the, the climate allows for you to, to go out so they you know they probably put a little bit more work into it um obviously the other areas that you know the, 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 the weather's not yeah not likely the gold coast um but yeah there's some there's some nice little gems that you can you know go for bike rides and um go to the beach and you know and yeah, just no. relax and take your mind away from a few things absolutely um and i guess one last topic is looking back on your career what is your personal highlight of your of your career um personal highlight would it be it'd be obviously playing the first game like that's a real highlight for me because and what a game <laughs> yeah it was yeah looking back on now um <laughs> The first game is, is obviously a huge one because it's the it's you know, the test of whether you've earned it or whether you, you can even make it, let alone play one game. But um, for me, when I think about it now, it's all those little things that you know people don't see or won't see, where it's where your form hasn't been where it needs to be, um, and you know you you you, you try and absolutely give it everything, and it's just not quite working. And then after when you, know, you repeatedly do the things that that you know it's going to get you out of that little rut, that form, and then when you put a few good games together, possibly a season or two, probably for the rest of your career, I think that's really important because to be able to get to where you want to go, it's pretty difficult and hard, like most things in life where you want to get somewhere. Um, but when it's you know very competitive within your teammates, but also you know out of the AFL competition that I think it means a little bit more and and probably I've had a few of them in my career where I didn't really know if I, if I belonged but um, being able to do the work and having the support um, that probably just you know makes it that much more special than, than just playing a game just being that resilience of 
you know, know actually that you actually do belong and there's a reason why that, you know, you got picked. Yeah. So that's there's probably something there behind that, you know.